0: Welcome back to The Educated Home Buyer, where our goal is to help you buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership and financing. In last week's episode, we talked about the differences in single-family homes versus condos and townhomes. We talked about the pros and the cons. And one thing that came up in that conversation, Josh, was the idea of a homeowners association. And I get it all the time in talking to buyers, people wanting to know the differences in, you know, Pros of a homeowners association versus the cons. So, in today's episode, let's dig a little bit deeper and talk about those because you know associations can change. You and I were talking prior to coming on here. You know, most people when they think of a homeowners association, they're thinking condo, but homeowners association can associations rather can be on multi million dollar properties. I mean, there's several communities I can name. You know, a bunch here in Orange County where we're located where the average property in that community is probably 10-15-20 million dollars and there's an association. So, let's talk about the pros and the cons, but before we do that Josh, let's talk about like what is an association? What is a homeowners association to start with? Uh
1: really, it's uh what would you call it a, a board a group it's a, a governing body it's a, body. Man, it's a yeah. management system a governing body for uh, a common interest development so whether like as an example this won't mean anything anyone outside of southern county shady canyon we have got 15 20 25 million dollar estates in there but there is an association that maintains and manages the roads the guard gates um, and has rules and regulations architectural guidelines all that yes. stuff so we're going to go through all of that fun stuff here but really what is it it is a governing body that manages the rules regulations and requirements for living in a community and they spell out what you can do what you can't do what you're required to do what your portion of the upkeep and maintenance is. And they, they generally are democratic bodies. Like you are uh, able to go to the board meetings, you're able to run for a board position, you can put your voice in, you can spend your time uh, at board meetings and, and, and the like and, and go through all of that. And you've actually done that. So I'm sure we're gonna hear about your experience with that and how you can actually impact uh, the, the HOA that you live under. Yeah no and and another
0: thing as you mentioned that another thing to note Josh is that you know the body the HOA itself is made up of of members that live in the community typically you have to live in the community or own a property in the community in order to be on that board if you will but typically that board hires a management company a third party outside of that community to actually help with the management piece of the association, and now each association is going to be a little bit different. I mean, an association can be can be four you know individuals in one home, you know that has been you know a, a four unit development that's been converted to a condo uh, or condos rather, and that can have its own little HOA board, or you can be a community of 453 homes like the community I live in and that can have a board if you will and then a management company on top of that board that helps with the maintenance and everything that goes into that community and one thing to note is the HOA is is it, it it's only as good as the members and the management company that helps manage it if you get a lot of people on there or a board um you know that is made up of people self you know that that are on there for their own agendas if you will and not the um, not for the entire community, if you will, that can make a board or an association go sideways real quick. And, and in being in real estate, I come across boards all the time that are mismanaged in multiple ways, whether it's mismanaged because of funds or just mismanaged because the priorities of the community uh, are... I don't know. I wouldn't say self-serving, but aren't there for the greater good of the community, and therefore, you know, the the community suffers because of it.
1: Well, well here, let me give you an example of that. Um, you, you know, those of you that listen regularly, probably know that my wife and I, with uh, with my in-laws, own a second home out in Rancho Mirage. It's an eight hundred and fifty unit development. A lot of them are vacation rentals. A lot of them are second homes, but there are also a lot of full time residents there. Well, guess who's on the board it's the full-time residents and as you can imagine there are some conflicting goals or or desires among part-timers, vacation rental owners, and the full-time owners. And the full-time owners skew towards being older, significantly older, well well over and into their 70s. Um, and we get some conflict there. At the end of the day, it, it's well run. They do have the best of intentions. They want a nice complex for themselves. Um, so it's not that big of a deal, but you, you got you to gotta be aware of, of who is running the board. And we're going to kind of walk through what that looks like and how you can check on that.
0: No. And so let's talk about let's start here by talking about maybe some of the differences, Josh, before we talk about pros and cons in associations. For example, you know, a condo association, what would an HOA look like in a condo association? Well, In a condo association typically the the hoa is going to be responsible for the maintenance of the building the exterior if you will any woodwork any balconies any common area in that community any amenities in that community the pools the sidewalks the streets like literally anything in that community outside of the interior of that property is going to be you know the hoa's responsibility to take you know, care of. So if something happens, you know, if there's termite or woodwork needed or a balcony that is deteriorating and looks like it's going to fall down, the association is responsible for taking care of that. Whereas a townhome, a townhome might be a little bit different, right? The townhome, the association might only be responsible for the, you know, the outside of uh, that particular unit if you will they might not be responsible for say the roof on that building or you know certain things in that community in an hoa uh for for a condo one thing i forgot to mention a lot of times things like the the water the sewer the trash all of that is covered with your your monthly hoa dues and it's not really something the hoa manages but it's part of the budget that they have to take into account when they're you know when they're setting that budget up annually for that particular type of property. Whereas a townhome, the HOA might not be responsible for any of that. So that's why you're likely going to have higher association dues on condos versus those of townhomes. But then you have properties that are attached single-family homes. These are homes like i live in for example it's it a lot of times people consider them patio homes where you have adjoining walls on either side some some might be an in unit and only have one adjoining wall but the structure itself it's on title it's considered a planned unit development so the association manages the roofs of that complex and anything outside of the gate each property has a gate but anything on the interior of that gate would be your responsibility as a homeowner and now, in this particular instance, the HOA dues are going to be a little bit higher because there's a lot of amenities in the pool. There's a lot of landscaping. There's clubhouses. There's volleyball courts. There's saunas. There's spas. There's all of these different things that go into that community. And that's reflected um, in, in the HOA budget and and what the HOA itself has to manage. So. Each one's going to be a little bit different. I, I know some, again, you know, com- communities have cable TV and internet that's included as part of the dues, and that's something that you, as a buyer, you just need to know going into it. What what am I paying for every single month? Because you know, there's a new community, Josh, that just is being built right now here in Huntington Beach, and they came on the market with prices that are starting around 1.4 for an attached. It's it's a townhome. If you will, and I look at the HOA dues, and the HOA dues are going to be nearly four hundred dollars a month for this complex, and there's only like twenty seven or twenty eight units in it, and there's no amenities, there's nothing. So you go, you start thinking, well, what is that money there for? Well, it's there to they're they're trying to build a reserve budget for that community for future expenses that come down the road because the HOA is likely going to be managing. You know, the walls, the exterior, the roofs, the streets, anything in that community is going to be the HOA's responsibility. And therefore, it has to be and, you know, for them to build enough reserves over the next 15, 20 years when these things are going to be, you know, need to be maintained. They've got to start that budget now. Um, and And that's something that that we're going to talk about when we talk about those pros and cons, Josh.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, you've already gone through a, a bunch of, of the pros. We didn't really get into, into cons yet, but we talked about that um, the they're going to provide and care for common areas um, in, in most situations. Um, they're going to maintain Some or all of the exterior of your property in most situations, they're going to cover some of your expenses. Like, as a numbers guy working on the numbers side, I'm always looking at saying, okay, if we have a $300 a month HOA, that cuts down your purchasing power by about $50,000 to maintain the same debt to income ratio. But in your monthly budget, let's say you don't have to worry about landscaping because that's covered, and you don't have to worry about cable TV. Maybe that's $120, $130 savings. So in the real world, it's only about $180 cost to you. So depending on what they cover, that can all be very, very beneficial for you and sort of something that people see as a downside that we really haven't talked to, Jeb. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how the HOA and the management company enforce the rules and regulations and make sure you don't have um, some of the craziness that you can have with a single family residence?
0: Well, I think that's, you know, to each his own. Um, One of those things like an association, when people think of associations, they take, typically they, they think of two things. One, there's a monthly fee associated with it, right? So that's either a, you know a disadvantage, or you know it's never an advantage. But with that, there are things that come, you know, come with that fee, like we mentioned, amenities and and maintenance and that sort of thing. But they either think there's a fee associated associated with it, or secondly, they think there's somebody telling me what I can and cannot do. And for most people, that is the biggest hurdle in 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 buying in an association. Is people don't want to be told that you know they can't paint their house purple if they want to paint their house purple, or they can't work on their boat in the driveway or store, you know, the RV on the driveway if they want. And for me, that's a huge plus in buying in an association is that I know while my neighbor's house looks a lot like mine, that they can't do anything crazy so that when I drive home, I'm not, you know, I know that their house is going to look pretty much like it did the day when I left it um, versus, you know, there's a, a a house here in Huntington Beach that I drove by one day and looked, you know, didn't even notice it. The next day I drove by and they painted the thing bright blue. I mean, the brightest blue that you've ever seen. And not only did they paint the house blue, but they took it all the way out onto the street and painted the entire exterior of the wall blue. And so now when you pull into this community It is the ugliest thing. And if you're listening to this and it's your house, I'm really sorry, but it is bright blue and it's hideous. The association keeps that from happening. Now, on the other side, they can be a little bit, you know, uh, of a pain because if you leave your, your trash cans out or you leave something out that the association has, you know, rules and regulations against, they can be on your butt for that and people don't like it but as someone that's pretty clean and 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 organized i like the idea of the association being able to tell people hey listen you can't do that in this community and for me i'm okay with it and so you know buying in an association that's that's probably the one thing i think you know if you're somebody um that likes to do things your way and not really get approved or whatever you know in making decisions that can be a hurdle and something
1: that you have to overcome well- Jeb, this thought occurred to me. My, my wife and I were out walk uh, out for a walk last week. We went through a part of our neighborhood that we don't normally go through, and it just so happened, I believe, it was a model match to our house. We pull around the corner. I'm like, "What in the good Lord's name is going there?" Um, instead of grass, they had decided to put concrete in where your grass would normally go, and there was a pickup truck, a nice pickup truck, but parked right in front of the house on the grass. Uh, where the the concrete where the grass would normally go and you're like this this is why there are good and positive uh things to to know about an hoa where that just wouldn't fly i was surprised that the the city would allow you to just concrete your front yard and park houses or park cars wall to wall across the front of your house but without the benefit of an hoa that's going to set the the restrictions or requirements for a, a living area you can have stuff like that
0: no, and and that's the thing is that, you know they're not for everyone. And that's okay. You just need to go in and and know upfront that there is a governing body that's going to set certain rules and regulations. And in some of those rules and regulations, you might agree with, and others you might not agree with. you know, parking in a lot of communities that have associations. They don't allow you maybe to park on the street or in some communities. I know you can't park in your own driveway. If you, if you have a garage or in this community, they all have garage, you have to park your car in your driveway. And if you don't, you're going to get fined. And that's the, that's the downside of the association is that, you know, not only are they there to enforce the rules, but if you don't follow the rules or don't agree with the rules and decide to, you know, Hey, I'm just going to do my own thing anyway, They can fine you and those fines can continue to go up and they can double and they can end up putting liens on your property and an association just like they can end up foreclosing on your property if you don't pay this sort of thing. So just know the biggest downside and the biggest plus for me, I think when talking about associations is is the fact that there is this this governing body telling you what you can and, and can't do. Uh, but Josh let's talk about some so we've talked about the pros I mean I, I don't know that we we went over them directly but I mean you mentioned you know maintaining the community maintaining you know the unit itself in, in most cases setting you know rules and regulations but another thing to keep in mind is if you have disputes like with a neighbor or something that that is going on that the association is actually there to mediate and help come to a resolution. Whereas if you, you know, live in a uh, community that doesn't have a a homeowners association, that could be you going to court and or fighting with your neighbor and never actually getting to a resolution in in those disputes. So, you know, pros, cons, it depends on how you look at it. But I like the idea of an association because, you know, uh, of them enforcing the rules, somebody there to actually say, you're not abiding by this, you know, this is what
1: you have to do. So here's the interesting thing, Jeb, as we're talking about pros, all of these, it just, it's all in perspective. Some of the pros are cons, some of the cons can be pros, depending on how you, you look at it. So you're going to notice here, as we transition and start talking about what are some of the downsides of an HOA, there's, there's a seed of the positive in there also. So we talked about the monthly HOA fee. And the biggest downside with that is if, the property is not managed well, the board is not doing their job, keeping up with maintenance, properly budgeting for things, those prices can skyrocket. And if they get out of hand and they get too far behind on it, you can actually have a special assessment. I have a client that actually going into it knew this was going to happen, but it almost, it made sense after the fact. It was up in in the Bay Area. And I'm looking, I'm like, this just looks like a normal little condo. It was a nice complex, um, two bedroom, two bath, I think they were paying $750,000, $800,000 for it and had an $800 monthly HOA. And I'm looking at it going, what is magical about this community? There was nothing magical about that community other than they had lost control of their budget and their reserves. So they had to raise the fees so much that finally everyone said, this is ridiculous. We can't afford $800 a month HOA for what should be $350 to $450. So they had voted an $18,000 special assessment. So either one of those are a bad thing, right? If you go in and buy a property with a $400 monthly HOA and five years later or three years later or two years later it's $800, that's a problem. It's also a problem if you buy a home thinking, hey, I own this, I'm paying my mortgage down, and boom, everyone in your complex has voted uh, an $18,000 special assessment. Neither one of those are good things, but they do relate back to that positive of the association being responsible for the maintenance and upkeep of common areas and in, in many situations, your actual unit. No, and, and you know, I, I get people asking
0: me occasionally saying, you know, if I buy in an association, does that actually increase the the value of of my property? You know, is a homeowners association does it add value? And in some cases, I mean, it's a tough question to answer. But I think immediately of of the scenario that you just mentioned, where it can have a bigger negative effect than I think it can have a positive effect, and that's when HOAs are mismanaged and and they don't control the expenses for one because. You know, those people are on the, the you voted or maybe you didn't vote. And, and now there's members of a community representing the community as a whole. You know, if you let that go on for too long, things can get it out of control real quick. And especially with expense expenses that, you know, are unforeseen or or what have you, you know, the the roofs end up going bad. And, and there was, you know, they they never allotted for that in the reserve study or what have you. Those things can add up real quick and put a damper. I wouldn't say that it it ultimately just crushes the value, but it, you know, if you take a, a handful of buyers that would be interested in that community otherwise, they're gonna say, No, I, I don't want to get into a community because of a higher HOA fee or a potential assessment coming. Because if they do it once, what's keeping them from doing it again? And that's kind of the mentality between, you know, behind buyers buying in these communities. Whereas the community that I live in, you know, we have three and a half million dollars in reserves. You know, we're the only community that I'm aware of where we've actually reduced the HOA fee multiple times versus it going up every single time. So you just kind of need to know what you're buying into. What are you getting for that money, right? If you're buying in a community and HOA dues are really high and you're not getting anything out of it, you know, maybe you're. You, that's something to to keep in mind. But otherwise, if if you're getting a swimming pool and you love to swim, or you're getting clubhouses and you you know you like to throw parties, or you know it has pool tables or whatever it is, that's what you have to go in. You know, thinking initially of why you're buying in that community and what would it cost you to have that outside of of that association, right? Because typically speaking, now this is obviously not going to be um, a rule that's true all the time, because like we mentioned at the beginning, you can have multi-million-dollar properties with associations, but typically, you know, associations are going to be, you know, the, the ones with higher monthly fees are going to be on less expensive homes. Is that true, Josh? You think the higher fees are on less expensive homes? I, I think the higher monthly fees, when you, when you look at an HOA, the higher, a monthly HOA fees are usually on less expensive properties than they are on more expensive properties when it comes to HOAs. Is
1: that not true? In in what sense? I just don't see the relationship. Well, I, I see, I see them, that you're being able to buy place. a condo,
0: right? So most yep. people are buying condos or townhomes that have associations because it's more budget friendly. Yeah. Versus buying, you know, when, when you're buying a multi-million dollar property that has an association, I think there's less of effect with that HOA fee. Typically speaking, just because of the budget of that buyer, whereas the 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 budget, the buyer that's more budget conscious and and being able to, you know, buying the condo because maybe they can't buy the single family home that doesn't have the association, they're going to be more affected by that monthly fee.
1: Absolutely. They're going to be more affected by it. And in, in general, the reason why the, the condos are going to have, it, it comes down to what what are you getting? These are not for profits. You know, the the HOA is not making money. The management company that they're paying to help with the management makes a profit off of it. But that's a competitive um, industry where they're bidding that and it's just a line item in the budget. What it comes down to is on those condos, there's just more like again, at the place that my sister and I inherited from my dad. They cover everything other than keeping your patio clean. There's nothing you need to do. You're responsible for the inside, everything outside, landscaping, um, painting the exterior, the roofs, the walkways, the carports, the the driveways into the complex, the gates to the complex, all of that stuff. So in general, you're getting more. If you look at an area for us here in in Orange County, Ladera Ranch, a big master plan community, they have an association, but the association dues are relatively small um, because bigger, more expensive homes and not a lot being provided. You know, you have the common areas um, in terms of, of keeping their green belts and, and all that fun stuff and some clubhouses, but uh, a lower HOA due on a monthly basis uh, against a much higher home value.
0: No, and, and and something to keep in mind, too, is sometimes you can have multiple associations within a complex, right? Because there's a master association and then there's a an association fee that manages your particular um, complex within that master association. And, and that can be said, I mean, uh, several examples here locally where, you know, a community is made up of four subcommunities within that whole community. And so your little community has an association fee. And then on top of that, you have a master that manages maybe the gates that enter that community or the landscaping that leads to all of those communities to start with. So there's a lot that goes on with regards to associations and, and, I mean quite frankly pros and cons and and for each person it's gonna vary you know depending on what they're looking for in their property um and and what they're trying to accomplish um you know by by buying a property in that particular community i mean it's 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 all it's it it varies. i mean who knows we could we could we went 25 minutes and talking about associations but it's uh it's one of those things that you definitely have to to consider um you know the ins and outs of it when when going through it. So Josh, if you were looking to buy in an association, what what are you paying attention to?
1: So the the easiest and the first one is to to get a get a hold of the budget. And, and just look, what does it cost to run the place every year and how much money do they bring in? Um, is there a surplus? Are they just scraping by and breaking even? Um, is there a deficit, is, which would be either uh, you, you're you on the lookout for increased HOA dues or you're looking at a special assessment at, at some point in the future? That's that's to me the number one thing, Far far from the only thing but it's the number one, and it's the easiest. Um, a- anyone can look at a, a balance sheet and a, and a profit and loss, and, and kind of uh, analyze where it's at. And if you if you're not familiar with that type of stuff, your realtor can absolutely help you with it. Um, you know, I know one of the things Jeb that that you're keen on is looking at the monthly minutes from the the meetings, the board meetings. Why don't you give us some, some insight into what that looks like and what you can glean from that?
0: Yeah, I mean the minutes give you an idea of what the future of the community looks like. Um, so every single depending on How often a community, you know, a meeting? um, How often a community meets? Uh, Most of the time, it's monthly, or you know, in some cases, it's every other month. But every single you know meeting, there are minutes associated with that meeting, and so it gives you an idea of what the community is talking about um, with potential, you know, maybe dues increases or potential uh, changes in the community that might affect the budget and/or rules that they might be looking to change. I mean, most communities you know that have an association there's something in the CCNRs of that community that says hey listen if we're going to change something in the community it has to be voted on but first off it has to be you know mentioned uh, to the community to start with um and, and those things can can be anything from like short term rentals i mean w- one thing we didn't mention in this you know talking about the pros and cons here josh is that you know if you're looking to buy in a in a community that and do a short term rental the association is gonna likely keep you from doing that in, in many complexes out there. Now, you just came out of a complex like Rancho uh, Mirage where you have a property that allowed it for a long period of time. But since then, they've come back and said, you know what, we've changed that rule.
1: Well, and- the, the the city the city made the change out there. And, and the interesting thing is on, the, con, on the, the topic here of HOAs, the city originally said, you can only do short-term rentals if there's an HOA. Their, their thinking was, the HOA would keep a lid on crazy problematic short-term tenants. Um, and they've since come out and and banned them entirely. But for for us, um, the the complex has always followed the guidelines that that the city of Rancho Mirage puts out. Yeah. So
0: just, I mean, where I was getting at with the minutes is, you know, any future changes are going to be mentioned in there so that if you're, you know you're not going to be surprised if you will, if you get in there and the next month, there's a new rule or something that has changed. If you're paying attention to those minutes, you're going to see it you know, happen uh, prior to actually closing on that property. And that way, you know exactly what you're getting into. Next thing is, is looking at the rules and regulations. Why? Well, there can be different things in there, You know, pet restrictions uh, with regards to the number of pets you can have, how big the pets can be, the breed of the pets. Um, in, in some communities, they don't allow you to again park on the street or you know, do certain things in the community that you might not even consider as a potential home buyer, you know, until you read those rules and regulations. So it's important to go through those. Um and, and many times there can be, you know, a, a a laundry list of of documents associated with associations. But you know the minutes and the rules and regulations and the budget to me are are the biggest ones. But lastly, Josh, how about talking to uh, to neighbors? Good idea or bad idea?
1: Take it with a grain of salt but but absolutely you know i I can tell you for our, for our place out in Rancho Mirage, just there's 850 units. It's a big development. but if you go down our street that has 20 houses, I could tell you that if you went and talked to at least two of the neighbors, you would get uh, some horrible, horrific feedback. And a couple of the other neighbors would tell you it is the greatest place in the history of the world to live. So don't just talk to one neighbor and take it as the gospel. Um, Talk to several, find out how long they've lived there, um, you know, and, and, and take it under advisement. But it's just one element of all the things that we're talking about looking at there no again it's
0: it it just you know like we've said here we've mentioned some pros and some cons some that you've probably thought were great and some that you thought sucked that's going to be talking to neighbors right many people are going to have you know what they think is great but they're going to be more apt to tell you what they don't like in most cases than what they do so like josh said just take it with a grain of salt when you're uh, when you're going through that process so hopefully if you're considering an HOA, or maybe you weren't considering an HOA prior to this, you know, we've given you something to think about, um, in order to help you become the educated home buyer. But for now, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate all the support. We will talk to you again soon. Have a great day. Bye Thanks for listening to the educated home buyer. Want to connect with us or to a local expert in your area? Please reach out at the educated slash expert. If you found any value today, Please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. In addition, we ask that you share it with your friends and subscribe to us on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening.